Hello and welcome to this edition of Deeper and it's great to have Beck joining us once again. Hello Beck, how are you? Hello, good thank you. It's great to be here. Great to have a, a really good opportunity to look deeply into this psalm. Yeah, we're looking at Psalm 121. Um, Andrea spoke about it on uh, Sunday um, and we're just going to go a little bit further with it and it's a great little psalm, as they all are. I mean, yeah. is there a bad psalm? Well, there's certainly some difficult psalms, isn't there? But there's, is there a bad psalm? I don't think this, so. This little group of them, though, are really accessible, aren't they? They're, it's been really nice because they're all things yeah. that are really reassuring and helpful and nourishing. There's no challenge, really. There's none of those sort of ones where you're like, oh, what do I make of this? That's right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I got a, a lovely email uh, on Sunday from someone in church who's just saying how much they've enjoyed this series looking at these psalms because i think it kind of applies to us doesn't it? you know we all feel we're on a bit of a journey with something at the moment and it seems to fit yeah so we would love you to read the uh the psalm psalm one to one uh as before read it in your normal version if you've got other versions read it in that as well sometimes that's helpful um read it slowly try and absorb all the words so press pause read psalm one to one and then restart the video Okay, so here we are, Psalm 1 to 1. It's the second of the Psalms of Ascent. Um, and I, I don't know about you, Beck, but when I read it as a whole, it feels like uh, it is the start of the journey for them. They're, they're yeah. kind of looking ahead and they can see the hills in the distance and wondering what dangers await them and all that kind of stuff. It's got that kind of feel to it, hasn't it? Yeah, it's definitely got a setting off vibe, hasn't it? It has, Yeah. So we're going to do it, um, we're not doing it verse by verse, we're doing, um, because it's kind of in couplets really, uh, and maybe that's an indication of how it was sung. Um, so we'll do verses one and two, then three and four, then five and six, and seven and eight. So let's do one and two first, the very start. So Beck, do you want to kind of kick us off? What do you see here? What stands out for you? Okay, well, I, I started off, I was struck by the, the lifting your eyes up. Um, and I thought they're not, they're looking perhaps to the mountains ahead on the on the road, sort of where they're headed to. Um, but also we talked a little bit about, um, Andrea talked a bit yesterday about lifting your eyes up to the hills being sort of potentially speaking about some of the other things we might look to for help or, or having a... Um, connotation around the places where people would have worshipped something other than God um, yeah. and I was struck a bit by that that they're lifting their eyes up they're doing something they're not just sort of head down looking at the path they're lifting their eyes up but we have to sometimes we have to look a bit deeper or look a bit mm. lift our eyes a little bit further to really get to see um, where God might be calling us to um, but yeah, looking ahead to the journey and um, looking at both the sort of the goal of their journey, but also the challenges that might come along the way. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. So that's a start point. Um, and then there's this declaration, isn't there, of my help comes from the Lord. And who who is the Lord? Well, he's the maker of heaven and earth. That It reminded me of a phrase from my youth where uh, someone used to say, uh, don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big your God is. And it's a bit cheesy, but there's a bit in there's something in that, isn't there, of like declaring who God is at the start of the journey. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you can't beat a bit of cheese, can you? No. Yeah, it always works. Uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's really hard to understand what the psalmist is trying to say about the hills. But, you know, when you think about it, every film I've ever watched that's involved people on a journey, uh, the danger has always come in the hills and the mountains. Very rarely on the plains and the wide open spaces. Uh, you know, the hills and the mountains always seem to be the places of danger. And, um, you know, whether it's as Lord of the Rings or anything else like that, every cowboy movie, they always get ambushed in the hills. You know, it's like it always happens there. Um, and there's always something mysterious about kind of hills and mountains. There's a there's a kind of um, majesty, kind of almost like a, uh, an otherworldly majesty about them that kind of creates a sense of both awe and anxiety. Um, so there's a kind of, they are places of danger. And, and as Andrew said, they were the places where, they were the high places. You, you see that quite often referred to, especially in the Old Testament, they talk about the high places. They were the local hills, wherever they were, were the various kind of totems they were put up to various idols and that kind of stuff. So that it is, there is that kind of element to it. But as you say, where do we find help? Our God's the maker of heaven and earth. He can't get bigger than that, can you? <laughs> Whatever danger we face, we've got the one, we've got something bigger. Yeah. I think the um, thing that I saw in that as well was the idea of the, the mountain, the hills of Jerusalem being far away, but God being present with them on the road as they started that yeah. it was the goal of their journey that, that God was with them now as well. Yeah, that's right. And when you think about this, uh, describing God as the maker of heaven and earth, you, you're saying a lot about something about God in that journey. You know that He's He's kind of your provider, He's your protector. Uh, God knows every aspect of the journey because He created it. Um, you're saying a lot about God there, and I think you know we might come on to something later about that. Uh, let's move on to verses three and four because the the song now starts to outline some of the dangers. Um, what's the danger here, Beck? Uh, so this first one, uh, oh, I can't remember which way around they go. What's the danger in this first one? So it's, uh, he will not let your foot slip. Uh, he who watches over you will not slumber. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Right. So we, so we, the next few verses look at these sort, this sort of, combination of this is this is the potential risk and this is why I'm assured that yeah I can carry on isn't it um and there's this repeating phrase I've got the Hebrew this week uh of of shum, this Hebrew word shema this keeps and preserves God protects you and keeps you um and for me that, that sort of conjured up the idea of a a keeper like a zookeeper mm -hmm. or somebody who's it's it's both a pastoral and a powerful statement really and so god cares enough that he's keeping you but also he's strong enough and big yeah, enough yeah. to keep you um so that that combination of pastoral and powerful that's right and um i mean the hebrew words is is, is translated in two different ways in the niv it says five times watches, and then the sixth time it says will keep you. That's it's exactly the same Hebrew word. Um, and I think that should be reassuring because some, if someone's watching over you, it doesn't mean that necessarily they're doing anything. 
you know, the, it just means they're just keeping an eye on you, which, you know, uh, can be helpful sometimes. But this is a very active watching over. This is both watching over and guarding us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a nice kind of balance that we need to keep in mind here. And, uh, you know, what, what will God, God protect us from? Well, it's the, the kind of the foot slip. If you're on a journey, the worst thing you want is is a kind of fractured ankle or a twisted ankle. You know, uh, for us, that would be an inconvenience. For them, it would be the end of the journey and probably put the rest of the the, the people with them in danger mm-hmm. because they'd probably have to carry them. They'd slow them down. It'd make them more vulnerable to, to thieves and robbers, all that kind of stuff. Um, it is actually a, it'd be a big deal. And especially if you're going through kind of hills and mountains, it's a bigger deal. So there's a there's an element here of if it sounds a bit simple, doesn't it? You don't want you know you don't want your foot to slip, but that could be not just the end of the journey, but perhaps even the end of someone's life. Yeah. And um, so we have to kind of keep it in that context. Uh, and then it goes that God doesn't sleep, which is a relief, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that God's always alert to the dangers we face. That's it. Yeah, and when I when I read that, um, I remembered uh, Elijah in that kind of big thing in the uh, One Kings eighteen where he takes on the prophets of Baal in a competition. It's one of the it's one of my favourite passages of scripture, and uh, he calls down fire from heaven and on a, on the sacrifice, uh, and the prophets of Baal are trying to do the same, and nothing's happening. And uh, one of the things he mocks them is he says, uh, "Is Baal asleep?" And the, you know the indication is, well, actually, you know, well, our God doesn't sleep; He's always watching over us. Uh, so let's go on to verses five and six, uh, and that says, "The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade by your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night." Go on, off you go. <laughs> That's it. So, um, <clears throat> so a couple of things. Um, th- th- this idea that, again, repeating that the Lord watches over you, that, that God is keeping watch over each part of your journey, the daytime and the nighttime, um, but also that they live under these same conditions. They're not shielded from, um, from the day or the night. Um, in the natural sense but that in those things God is with them and I think that's really helpful Um, particularly when you when you see these sort of really assured psalms because sometimes we don't feel assured like that do we and sometimes the realities of our our physical life um, sort of push in on our spiritual assurance and so I think it's great to to remind ourselves that the day and the night still came it was still dark yeah on the road they still had to um go to sleep trusting really in god's protection yeah absolutely. knowing that the dark night was outside the tent or yeah. whatever it is the hot sun was going to rise in the morning but knowing that god was with them in that situation yeah and you know the the dangers of the sun are obvious aren't they you know the dangers of, of heat stroke dehydration all that kind of stuff uh, the dangers of the night or the moon, and it says specifically moon, uh, is a little less clear. Um, it could be around kind of just anxiety about, you know, you have to camp, you're vulnerable, 
to thieves and robbers and wild animals, all that kind of stuff. Um, Andrew mentioned on Sunday uh, around kind of Moonstroke, which was new to me. So I looked it up and it is actually a, it's a kind of thing, at least for the ancients anyway. Um, and that's been medical research, even into whether the phase of the moon affects the numbers of strokes that happen. And it's a bit inconclusive in the moment, but there's kind of, there are, there are links there. And we're, we're always aware of the effect of the sun, but we sometimes forget that the moon actually has an effect and we only have to look at the tides. Oh no. yeah, well I remember um, as a youth worker when we ha- when we would have a particularly wild night, we'd be like somebody go and check the moon because yeah. it is it definitely does impact on our our sort of mental state and behaviour, and you can definitely see it in young people when there's a full moon. <laughs> you, you you absolutely can. I think that's where the whole kind of werewolf thing and the full moon stuff comes from. You know that actually people can behave differently. Uh, you know on different phases of the moon. Um, so there's, there's kind of two things there for me. There's the, in the sun, it's very physical. Uh, that, that is about dehydration, fatigue, weariness, sunstroke, all this kind of thing. The evening is a bit more, it's more about anxiety and emotion and um, behavior and that kind of stuff. Um, there's, God's going to protect us from both, all of those things. Uh, and I love in the, in the, uh, the verse that says, you know, he, He's our shade at our right hand. You know, the, the shadow of God is cast over us to keep us safe. He's that close to us. He casts a shadow over us, which I really like. Um, verses seven and eight. Uh, so the last two verses, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. So the word Shema comes up a bit there, doesn't it? Oh, no. That's my new word of the week. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's for, for me, this this is the comprehensiveness of this promise, isn't it? That um, the Lord's going to watch over your coming and your going in the day and the night. Oh, there's this over and over again, like repeated sense of in all things, God will be watching over you. God will be with you um, in the highs and the lows as well. Yeah. It struck me as well that, that this would be, reassuring not only for those who were going on the journey but perhaps thinking to those they've left behind as well those back at yeah. home that's staying a sense that God's with them as yeah. well as on the journey yeah. and at the destination yeah and it's kind of almost looking ahead to the return journey as well you know it's, it's not just about going there it's about getting back as well you know you're coming and you're going is, is both of those things and God's not just concerned about you getting to worship him He's about he's concerned about you getting home as well. It's it's all of those things, and as you say, it does emphasise the completeness of God's protection. It's all of your life. It also ties in a bit for me with the the idea of being. You know, God calls us out to do some things and draws us back, and that in and out rhythm of life that there's you know there's work and there's rest, there's pilgrimage and there's day-to-day life there's, there's all of this sort of pattern and rhythm to it that's God's intention for the way that we live yeah yeah uh, and that's a big subject that I'd love us to get into but we, we wouldn't have time for that um, <laughs> but yeah absolutely I agree with that so uh let's think about the uh the applications of this and go a little bit wider 
So, Beck, uh, what do you think are uh, kind of some of the points that you want to draw out of this to, to, for people to apply to their lives? Okay, so I think, um, like, we, like we said, uh, we're reading the, these psalms as people who, who find ourselves on a journey as well. Um, and I'm struck a bit by um, what, what it looks like for us to trust God in our journey um, how are we sort of setting ourselves out with a with a goal our eyes fixed on something that we're trying to get to um, in terms of you know an encounter with God but also finding God in the day-to-day things of the journey um, trusting God with the ups and downs of it all and the dangers and the and the joys of it really mm, that's right and, you know, and Angela kind of brought out on Sunday the whole thing around the, the different things that we look to for our source of help and strength and encouragement. Um, there are all distractions from God and, and potentially don't help us at all because they're only momentary. Um, it is really hard to, to stay focused on God in the journey and to just trust him in absolutely every part of it. Um, our whole life is that. Our whole life is a journey from cradle to grave and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's trusting God in every moment of it. I think for me as well, there's 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 a thing here about coming back to God, isn't it? And understanding who God is. He's the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, but that doesn't mean he's distant. He's the maker of heaven and earth, but he's also at our right hand, casting a shadow over us. Uh, and to me, that's really good theology. And I think the problem with lots of people who try and find their help in other things is that they actually have a bad theology of God. They don't think that in some way God cares for them enough to be concerned about the sometimes mundane issues that we face or the big issues that we face. Um, as Andrew reminds us you know, on Sunday that he knows that the number of hairs on our head that, that's that's pretty cool, that isn't it? You know, uh, my, I've got a few less hairs than I used to have, but you know, he knows the exact number, and that that's we have to get good theology to understand what how God's involved in our lives. Yeah, it's that pastoral and powerful thing, isn't it? That yeah. we you know we spoke a few weeks ago about recognizing the greatness of God and having a sort of holy fear of God but also understanding that that pastoral sense of God's character that he loves and cares for yeah. all these different aspects of our lives. Right. And the moment we get drawn into just one of those things, we are warping our image of God and he's no longer the God of scripture and we need to bring it all together. I think there's something here for me as well about dealing with fear, because this is all about fear, really. It doesn't mention the word fear. But it's all about the anxieties and the fears of the journey. Um, and, and the song is helping the pilgrims deal with that. Mm. And we have to deal with fear. Fear should have no part of a Christian's life. And this last 18 months, you know, has been a difficult time for everyone. We've, we've all had fears and anxieties. Uh, we shouldn't just live with them. We should try and deal with them. And, and I think sometimes having a good image of God uh, helps with that anything else you want to bring out as a as an application point um 
No, I think that, that sort of great upon most of what I'd. Okay, so let's get into some questions then and uh, give you something to talk about uh, with others in your mission community or for you to reflect on on your own. So let's go a little bit further with some questions for you to consider. Beck, do you want to go first? Okay. So um, there's loads of imagery in this psalm. There's, there's the day and the night, there's the mountains, and there's sort of lots of things about, you know, our feet slipping. So which of the images that's used in the psalm most speaks to you and why do you think that might be? Great. Good question. Um, so my question following on from that then would be uh, what stops us from turning to God in times of stress and anxiety? Um, so then moving on from that or, or further following on from that, what would it look like if you lived your life as if God was keeping you and watching over you? And, mm. and maybe think about what are some of the struggles that you would let go of um, or the things that you're striving for that you could let go of if you trusted yeah. God like that. Yeah, that second half of the question is very good. Um, and so uh, in the midst of struggles, I mean, this is the practical bit then following on from that question. How do we keep our eyes fixed on God? How do we make sure that we, he's our source of help and we're not going elsewhere? So what do we do to keep our eyes fixed on God when faced with stress or danger or anxiety? Great. Beck, always good to have a chat with you about this. And uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this session. Do please use these questions in your mission communities or on your own. Uh, stay safe. We'll be uh, with you again on Sunday and next Tuesday. So take care and goodbye. Yeah.